Jill filled in for her husband Clint this morning and has done a great job. Have you done worship leader before? Okay. I just hadn't remembered. Well, thank you so much for, for, for leading this morning and, and, and did a great job. Today, uh, we're going to begin a brand new series uh, simply titled A New Song. And, and if you do have your Bibles, first I'll ask you to go to the, the verse that Jill was just in, in Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3. Um, it's going to be a minute or so, but I'll get there, I promise. Uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about music this morning and I'm not, not all going to be talking, you know, about Christian music. So I just want to say that I don't necessarily approve of any of these musicians or, or, or bad jokes that I'm going to make. Okay. Um, but, uh, but, but the point is just how much we're going to be talking a little bit about how much music, uh, affects us and how we, how it gets in, in our memory. And, and how, how many of you remember when, uh, you heard of this thing called MTV, when it first came out. Okay, good. So, uh, you know, that was in the 80s. So I just, I'm curious just how what everybody thought of MTV when it first came out. Well, MTV turned 40. It turned 40 recently. And so they want to thank MTV for 14 years of music because that's all they ever put on there. Now it's all reality shows and stupid stuff. But thank you for 40 years of music that they'd given us. One day, a young boy was listening to the radio in the car with his father and his dad his da- and his dad, he asked his dad, <clears throat> what music did you like growing up? And, and he says, I was a huge fan of Led Zeppelin, the father replies. Who, the son asks? Yeah, I like them too. <laughs> and I, music is, is powerful. And, um, and my, my neighbors, is kind of, it's been, I've been fortunate that um, all of my neighbors, they, they listen to the same music that I do. Um, whether they like it or not, you know, because because I play it pretty loud. But so today we're gonna we have this idea of a new song, a new song. All right, you see this. We see this in in Psalm forty verses one through three, but we also see it in in Psalm ninety six. We also see it in Psalm uh, ninety eight, Psalm ninety six and ninety eight. We're gonna talk in just a moment about what this idea of a new song is, but before we do that, I want to begin uh, with a word of prayer. Well, Lord, I thank you for this moment that we have this morning. As we discuss a new song, may we be reminded of a new season that is changing right in front of us. Not only are we going into summertime, and as Memorial Day is coming quickly, uh, we're seeing uh, things end with the pandemic in our country, uh, but new, of course, happens to us, whether we're ready for it or not, but there's also a call for each Christ follower in this room to receive new in their life, to receive new revelation, to receive new testimony, and to give glory back to the God who has brought us through. Today, Lord, in this moment, may we sing a new song to you from our soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to read that verse that, that Jill had read again. It says, and I want you to just put yourself, try to put yourself in David's shoes as he wrote this. This is a psalm of David. And I, I'm just going to pull a, a bit more of the analogy out of this text. But it just simply says in verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. I know many of us have waited for the Lord, and we weren't exactly patient, right? But we've nonetheless waited. 
We hadn't chosen to. We've been waiting for something to change, waiting for something to happen, waiting for some revelation, waiting just to know what's what. What am I supposed to do next? But the psalmist says that he waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me, and he heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit. You know, we've all got our own metaphor of a slimy pit, a place that is kind of dirty, a place that is uncomfortable, a place that we don't want to be, a place where we're just not comfortable. Our footing isn't solid, and, and it's, it's something we want to get out of. And it says, David says of this, that the Lord lifted me up out of a slimy pit. And he says, out of the mud and the mire. And then he says, he set my feet upon a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He gave him a new foundation, a new understanding of who he is. And then verse 3, it says, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Now, you could say in this text, it's funny you don't see it as often, um, uh, really not to my quick recollection in Scripture. Uh, you, you, just as easily, they could have put the word new revelation in this text. to give me a new, a new word you know, from the Lord. You see these kinds of things in some of the prophets, but, but the language there is song. He put a new song in my mouth. And of course, this is a psalmist. So if you remember, the psalms originally were songs. They, you know, we don't have all, all of the accompaniment that goes with these that were in the original Hebrew culture. But, but everything in the psalms have been sung before. It's really, it's, these are really books of songs, okay? So I want you to understand this idea of song and why they did this in their culture. Because because you would sing about something that happened in the past, and it would be easy to sing along to these lyrics because there's something that attaches with your, uh, uh, in your memory when there's something emotional. Music makes you feel a certain way. And so just that feeling, you can quickly identify with these lyrics and where you were the first time maybe you heard the song or what that song meant to you or how old you were when you heard that song or maybe a movie if you're in our culture, maybe a movie or something that you saw it in. And so they would sing these songs from generation to generation uh, in, the, in the Hebrew, the Jewish culture. And they would attach to some kind of memory. So that's what their purpose was, was so that they could remember what the Lord had done in their past. And it would not be that hard. See, we see this big book and we can't, you know, we, we couldn't say we know any of these songs. We read them in scripture, but we don't have them memorized because we don't have them as songs. But I promise you, well, maybe I don't promise you, but I bet you could put a book together of probably 150 songs, whether they're hymns, whether they're other songs that you've heard, that in some way, shape, or form, you've memorized them over the course of your lifetime. Right, let's go ahead. Let's try that, okay? Let's try. Let's start. Let's start with the 60s. You only got to say like one or two words, okay? One or two words. I'll kind of pass the mic like this to the rest of the congregation, and you can finish it, okay? I, I'm not going to sing because I don't want anybody to, you know, get, get offended and walk out or start throwing stuff at me. But, but I'm just going to kind of say the lyrics a little bit. So 
So I believe this is a 1960s, 1960s temptations, I guess you'd say, what can make me feel this way? Yeah, you knew that one, didn't you? What about, what about 1970s, the Jackson 5, ABC, as easy as? Oh, you memorized that one too. What about the 80s? What about the 80s, Cindy Lauper? Girls just want to have. <laughs> yeah, learning that one, learning that one through my lifetime. Um, now, this one's really important, the 90s, and I, some of y'all may not get this, but most everybody knows by now uh, probably who was the most famous musician in all of the 90s. Uh, is a guy by the name of Vanilla Ice. All right, you ready? All right, stop, collaborate, and atta girls. Nice job, guys. Thank you for that one. So we've all, I only heard about half of the church on that last one, uh, on the last 1990s. Vanilla Ice reference. So we've, we've done this. You understand how these things, whether you want a Vanilla Ice song in your memory or not, it's there. And whether you still want the Cindy Lauper in your head, it's there, isn't it? And so music attaches to uh, the, the memory. And there's, there's psychological reasons for this. We have, we have some say they have, we have three different types of storage in there. We have quick recall. We have stuff that's encoded. Um, but almost all of that has to do with the fact that we remember stuff that ties in. We, we, we attach stuff to long-term memory that has affected our emotions somehow, okay? We attach stuff to long-term memory that has affected our emotions somehow, okay? And there's a funny truth about that. Um, women are more emotional than guys are. That's why women often remember a lot more things than guys do, okay? Because they had an experience where it, it mattered to them. And most guys, things they don't care about that many things, just a few. And there's just a natural reason for wh- wh- why, you know, many times women have better memories than guys do. But so I want you to, to now apply this, this universal, this, this Old Testament truth that we don't really have as much today. It's just really weird. But they would come up with songs and they would sing them from generation to generation so that everyone from generation to generation could sing and celebrate what God did in the past. And they could feel it and sing about it and, and in some way make it their own. Like, just like you did with the Cindy Lauper song, just like you did with the Jackson 5 song, some way for you, that's become personal. There's some emotion attached to that in some way for you where it's in your head. And so if, if you're a Hebrew or a Jew in the Old Testament, you have a memory there that keeps spinning in your head of who God is and what he can do. Now, I'm not... That's why this idea of song is there, okay? And now I want to take this uh, to, to, to the next, to, to the other side, the other word in that equation. And I'm actually, this series that we're going to do, we're not going to focus as much on the song. Although now we've uh, understood why the song idea is there. But we're going to focus a little bit more on the new. Again, as it's a time when, we have, uh, when, when, a, when a pandemic is coming to an end in our country, a time when we're about ready to go into a summer season, we're about ready to see large crowds again, there are some new things or, 
or, or that are getting ready to happen that, that are at least new to us at this point in our life. But, but why would there be a need to sing a new song? I just want you to ask yourself that for a second. See, what, what David is reflecting upon in this psalm is this reality that God has done something new in me. I now know something about God because he has revealed it to me and I have experienced it. I'm going to say that again. What David is saying in this psalm is that I now know something about God because he has revealed it to me and I have now experienced it. There comes a time when we've sung the old songs for so long, we've read our Bible, we've heard enough sermons, we know all about of what God can do, but then there comes a time, and I'm going to challenge all of you to receive this in these upcoming weeks, that God is ready to do something new. And the crazy thing is, he already has. You just have to choose to receive it. You just have to choose to quit running. You just have to choose to say yes to the revelation of the living God and the spirit of God that is working in my life, that what is happening right now, Lord, I see what you're showing me, and yes, I respond to it. I am ready to sing a new song. I'm ready to tell of who you are. I know of who the God is in the past. I know of what you've done in the past. I know what you've done in my life. I know what you've done in my grandma's life, my grandpa's life. I know of what you've done in the Bible, but now in this moment, I have experienced you. And see, in the Old Testament, they're saying, sing a new song now. Something that will be passed on to other generations. Sing something now so that when they sing because of what has happened to you and what God has done in your life, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord because I know that he's working in you. I don't don't think you're you're getting this yet. So I want to try to get you, I want to show you a couple examples of of a couple of new songs. I'm just going to get two. I I could do quite a few of these in scripture, but there's a very clear one because sometimes new songs don't come out of great experiences. I don't think anyone in this room would say, went, went to uh, their bed and prayed in 2019, Lord, if you could just bring a pandemic onto our country, if you could just keep me inside so I don't have to, you know, uh, do a lot and, and I could just stay isolated. And I, if I could just, if I could wear a mask the next year and a half, that would be great. I don't think that anyone prayed that in 2019. So oftentimes, you go through some things that you didn't expect, that you didn't want to happen. And man and woman of God, if you, will let the, if you will allow the Lord to, if you will receive this this morning, it is in those experiences that a new song, a new revelation can come out of your life. And this is kind of what happened in a couple instances that I want to share with you. If you have your Bible, you can go with me. Um, this will be kind of a neat little, quick little study for you. But if you don't, it's going to be up there. I'm going to go to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Oh, I messed up, Joel, but I, I really meant to make more than just one one. I'm going to read a, a few more verses. Job chapter 1. And I'm going to read through verse, let me get there and I'll tell you where I'm going to read. All right. 
Yeah, it just actually, that's right. It just cut it off. I don't know why it did that. But it says in Job 1, verse 1, it says, In the land of Uz, there, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. Now, let's just, this might be fun. Let's just do this from, from you. How many of you know what happened next with Job? If you know something next, what happened with Job? Raise your hand. Donna, what's one thing, one or two things that happened next to Job? Except one person. Who was that? The Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord basically told Satan, you can do whatever you want to his family. There's one, everyone in his person was dead except one person. You remember who that was? It was his wife. So that says something about her, right? He killed everybody. It's like Satan. Satan had a plan. Like, I'm going to take everybody, but I'm going to leave her because this is going to be interesting. So anyway, everyone in his family except his wife. Anything else? You know what happened to him? Anybody else? What happened to Job? He, uh, he got these boils and this, this stuff all over his skin. Um, he lost all of his possessions. Everything he'd ever known had ever been destroyed. Again, do you think Job prayed for that to happen someday? This is what it says about Job in 1.1. In Job 1.1. And what I've just described to you is the rest of the story. Then he's got, he's got some messed up friends. He's got some messed up religious friends that come to him and say, the reason this is happening to you because you must have sinned somehow. Or God must be turning against you in some way. And, and great friends, right? So basically telling him that he needs to repent or he needs to do something different. Job, you're being punished. And that wasn't the case at all. These things happened to him. These were things that were, uh, that were outside of his control. And here's what we read about then in Job 42. After all of these experiences. Now Job is a, is, can easily be a 12 month series by itself. There's a lot going on in Job, a lot that is common to the human condition and in our curiosity and our frustrations with the way that the Lord works at times. But here is the conclusion that Job comes to in, 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 in 42. Here's what he says. He says, then Job replied to the Lord, I know, by the way, this is after the Lord had restored all things back to Job. I'm excuse. No, it's not. That's not. It's right before he restores. Excuse me. That's in verse 10. It says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? I love this part. Surely I spoke of things that I do not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. In verse 5, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. There's the new song I'm talking about. The thing that doesn't just come from hearing of everyone else's stories, from singing all of the songs in worship, from being a part of enough Bible studies, from going to Sunday school class long enough, the, the revelation that comes when you yield to the power of God and you allow him to do something new 
in your life. And I, I don't even, you know, the, you know I, I see some people without, you know, their, their eyes are down. And I just want to say this to everyone in this congregation right now. I am talking to you. In this moment, you can receive a new revelation from God because he is already speaking to you. And it is always your choice whether you are going to say yes or resist. And God is about to do a new work in your life if you will allow him to. And you will receive it because he's speaking to you now. The question is is not just whether you are listening, but whether you are ready to respond. And so here we see another story like this in, in Matthew 16. This one I'm sure you've heard of many times before. I'm going to go now to Matthew chapter 16 and verses 13 through 18. It says in Matthew 16, verse 13. Now we're in the New Testament. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. I just want to stop there for a second, because that's exactly the point of uh, this, the setup for the text. Is there's a lot of rumors, Jesus, about who you might be. But everyone in the camp is wondering, maybe he is this guy. Maybe he is the Messiah who was to come. But in biblical reference, there are no records of anyone saying yet what Peter was about to say. There were many rumors. There was many speculation. It was always in everyone's mind that maybe this guy is the one that we have been waiting for. So here's what Peter says next. Verse 15, Jesus says, but what about you, he asked Who do you say that I am, referring to Peter? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. I love that, son of Jonah, which you got this implication of a guy who just did what he was supposed to do, but not quite ready to receive the will of the Lord. And here's what it says, and for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So here, Peter finally says it. He finally takes ownership And it's as if, I mean, Scripture has set up in a way here where he is really the first one of the disciples to just be so bold and say it. You are the Messiah. And what does Jesus say? He affirms it. He says, you didn't just get this from man. The Lord has revealed this to you. And this church is what I want for you. An experience that, again, doesn't come from everybody else's saying, from everyone else's speculation but comes from your experience, your own personal experience with the living God. And see, it's what what changed here from Peter was there was a a sense with all of the disciples that 
might be, like that Jesus might be the Messiah. Uh, this, the new song for Peter was no longer might be, but to he is. He no longer might be, but he is. And that's, that's what Peter did in this moment. Now, we all have a lot of, we all have our, a lot of our own maybe, maybe we don't have our might be stories, but all of us, all even across this room, have our maybe he will kind of stories, don't we? Like, like I'm going to pray for this. Maybe God will answer me. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to ask God for this opportunity. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe these things will change. But, but what Peter is having in this moment and what a new song is for you is a he is moment. He is the God that can change these things. And if he doesn't change them, then maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> maybe I'm the problem that's not aligning myself with his will and I'm resisting what he wants for. Maybe, maybe I'm so concerned with the minor immaterial things that God is ready to do something bigger. And I'm so concerned with maybe that I just need to live in the revelation that he is my God. He is able. He is ready. He is willing if I will only trust him and be consumed with his will. I mean, aren't you, aren't we getting tired, especially with all this goofy stuff that's taken place in the last year? Just, we're tired of just hearing everybody complaining about stuff. And we've always got something to whine about. We've always got something that's somebody else's fault. And why is the government doing this? Or why aren't they doing that? And, and why are these things happening? And uh, did you hear what she said and, and what he said? And aren't we tired of the old j- junk? And it, isn't it just time for a new revelation? And finally, time to say something about positive, about what is happening in your life. Something that you could testify of that brings others life and says many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And so I want to ask you a question this morning as to whether or not there's a new song in you. Because I believe that most all of you have one. Maybe something that you're not ready to share yet, like Peter, because then there's a sense of ownership. Because sometimes in our testimonies, whenever there's a testimony in our life, A good testimony usually entails recognizing the crappy attitude that we had along the way or the dumb, stupid, rebellious things we were doing before we came to terms with this reality. I mean, if you've had a testimony, it usually has something to do with that. And so oftentimes we're scared to sing a new song and testify of who God is because we have to admit our weakness. We have to admit the things that we were carrying and hanging on to that God says, would you just stop? And let me love you. Let me show you who, who I am. And so I believe that many of you here have that new song within you. But it may be time to acknowledge all of this garbage that the Lord has been showing you. To say, you don't have to live with this anymore. You don't have to continue in this pattern. You don't have to pursue these things anymore. So some of you have a new song that you need to testify of. Some of you need to go get your new song. And let, so let the Lord speak to you about this in this moment, let him speak to you about what he has brought you through. There is nothing wrong with the old songs. We're supposed to sing the old songs to remind us of who God is and how his will and his presence has been passed on for generation to generation. But it isn't about time for you to get a new song. So in this next series, I want you all to consider this series will be great in this new season that we're getting ready to go into, if we actually get to hear 
testimonies from you. In other words, that's another way to put a new song, right? We could just, in our modern pragmatic words, we could say testimonies. But I, I want this to be a little something more than just a regular testimony. I want it to be something that you remember. That you can set this moment in your life and uh, that as this pandemic is coming to an end, that something the Lord has shown you that you are going to keep. Something he has shown, about, shown you about your nature that you don't like too much, and patterns maybe that, that you've fallen into, something the Lord has revealed to you about who he is and, and who he is not, that you may testify about the rest of your life, that that new song, this new song of yours can become an old song that you'll sing throughout the rest of your life and remember what God has done at this moment. And so for this series, I would be, I would be so thrilled in these upcoming weeks. We're going to talk about a new song in different areas and different Different, different things that, um, that I'll give you some hints on in just a minute. But uh, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what the Lord is doing in your life and something that you're coming to terms with of what God is doing in your life right now. And so if you're having trouble, if I'm, if I'm sitting here right now, if you're sitting there right now and having trouble thinking of what this might look like in your, in your life, I'm going to close this message by giving you a few ideas. Here is not an exclusive list, but it's going to be just 10 different names of God. 10 different names of God. That These are the names that people sing about. They sing old songs about these names because people had come to recognize that God is this. And he is so many things. They quit having maybe he is, maybe he'll intervene, he might be. No, we have come to determine that he is. So maybe this will allow you and help you to have a he is moment uh, as as you consider a new song in your life. So here's just a few names of God, and I'm not going to read the Hebrew. I'm just going to get straight to the English. The first one, Joel. The eternal creator. Maybe you need to remember that he's the one that's actually orchestrated everything in your life. That he created you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows everything that's going on all around you. Um, he can, if he made you out of the dust, he can make anything happen. Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you see God made a way out where there was no way. Maybe he opened up a door for you that he never could have. You need to testify about that. You need to sing a new song about that. Next one. The Lord will see or provide. He is the God who sees. He is the God who knows. He is the God who brings provision. Maybe it was just enough for you to know. Maybe that through this moment you just had a sense of his presence and, and reminded that you were not alone. Maybe you, had a, maybe you went through a tough time these last year, uh, this last year and a few months and you experienced God as your provision. It wasn't, he didn't give you all the things maybe you wanted, but you recognized that time after time everything you needed was always there. Maybe... The next one, maybe you need to see the Lord as your healer. Maybe something happened physically that you didn't think was ever going to change. But maybe you physically were not healed. But rather something else has gone on in your spirit. Something else has gone on in your mind where I can feel like dirt. But, but this junk like, Joel, like Job came to understand is not going to touch my soul. I'm still going to trust in the living God through any experience that I go through. Somebody needs to testify of the Lord as their healer. The next one. The Lord, our peace, again, going through, going through this experience and everything else being out of control and recognizing all the things that you can't control, but still 
in the middle of chaos, you experience Lord is giving you this peace that passes all understanding. Maybe you need to testify of God's peace in your life, telling you that somehow, some way, everything is going to be all right. The next one. The Lord is present. Maybe you've just been reminded through this moment that you're not alone. Maybe you need to give a testimony of what God's doing in your life, that he's near, nearer now than when you first believed. The next one. The Lord, my God. That's really the theme of today's message. We've sung about these things long enough. We've heard about these things long enough. But in this moment, through this season, he became personal to me. You know, a lot of language is our God in, in, in the Psalms. You know, my God. Let me tell you what my God did. Let me tell you what my God did so that many others may see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. The next one. The God of mountains. I love that one. Really, that one, the language really just means that he's God of all the greatness, all the stuff that's too, too big to fathom that man could not have created. We just recognize that there's a creator that has done things bigger than us. But you got to love the metaphor of the mountains, right? Because we all go through the mountains. We all, he's the God of the ups and the God of the downs. He's the God of the ups and the God of the downs. He's with you in the valley. He's with you on the mountaintop. Maybe you've experienced the downs. Maybe you've experienced the ups. Maybe you've experienced his faithfulness through both of those seasons that no matter what, I don't stay up here forever, but I also don't stay down here forever. He's the God of the mountains. He's the God of the ups and the God of the downs. The next one, the everlasting God. That's one of our our last ones, that there is no end. You were here long before me. You're going to be here long after me. And I am part in this moment of something bigger than myself. Thank you, Lord, for being the God who has always been present. You were there before, you were there after. So here in this moment, I have found myself as part of your story. I found myself as part of your story and testify of what you have done. I think this is the last one. Next one. Oh, did I cut one out? Oh, okay. Well, the last one I wanted to share was the Lord is, the one that was really the most personal to me was the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That was the one when I was going through these that kind of spoke to me the most. It's just the reality that he's taking me places. He's taking me places that oftentimes I really don't want to go. And he's guiding me in places that maybe if it would be up to me that I wouldn't go to the places that he wants me to. And it says in Psalm 23, his rod and thy staff, they comfort me. They protect me. I'm the runner. I'm the one that goes astray. And how much peace and how much purpose, how much identity I find when I'm back to where I belong. I can give a song about the Lord as my shepherd. And so church, I want to encourage you in this season. You've got a new song in you, whether you're ready to admit it or not. You've got something that you need to share. And I mean, gosh, we can just keep going through the motions the rest of our life if you want to and pretend to have church. But sometime you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit work in your life in a way that brings victory for you and a way that brings victory for someone else. I, I ought to get an amen on that one because that's actually what the church is supposed to be. We're not just here to go through the motions and hear another song and sing something about something happened in the past and remembering what God did then. What about what he is willing and ready 
need to do in your life at this moment. So church, in this season, can we sing and learn how to sing a new song? We learn how to testify of what God is doing in our life in this moment. Because it's in that, it's in that testimony that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each and every one that has come this morning. I thank you that, that your word brings revelation. That this tie-in of music is reminded that there's, there's, there's moments when it has to become a little bit more personal. When it has to not just become moat religion for us anymore. The thing that I always do because I know that I'm supposed to. And Lord, I know, as well as many do in this congregation, that those, those attitudes oftentimes don't reveal the power of the living God that is available to us now. So there's some searching that happens. There's some tapping in and recognizing what is right in front of us. And Lord, what you are doing in our midst. Lord, may we sing a new song. May we testify of what you are doing in our life today. And may our testimony be something that we share with others. That we speak a word of empowerment of what God has done or what God is doing in our life in such a time as this. So my prayer for this whole congregation, Lord, is that you stir in their hearts. You do a new thing, but you show them how you have been there for them all along. How you're you're doing a work in their midst. Your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as we said, the, the offering is in, is in the back. And your benediction this morning. Uh, as you, you're invited to stand as we share your benediction this morning. May the Lord put a new song in your mouth a hymn of praise to your God that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.